I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo's Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? It is Sunday, May 1st, 2022. We are in our respective apartments, and it's time to rank the best films of the 1990s from the best films of the 1990s. My name is Rance. Joined by Sam, your two co-hosts of The Envelope, please. Welcome back for a special episode, everybody. Rance, it's been a while. (laughs) It has been. We've been so busy that we haven't had the opportunity to get back in a routine with our recordings, but we're here. Very true. It's been busy. What have you been up to, Rance? Uh, Well, I started a couple of new jobs. I um, am a reporter for a paper called the Beverly Press, so look out for my articles there. And I also am writing promos for an audiobook uh, app called Pocket FM. So um, yeah, a lot going on over here. Uh, Worked the TCM Film Festival last weekend, which was super fun. Saw Spielberg. You maybe have heard of him. Ooh. Um, mm -hmm. Uh... And uh, yeah, last night, I not last night, night before last, I went to uh, a, a gala um, event uh, for the L.A. Chamber Orchestra, and I met James Newton Howard. Um, Whoa, that's what I saying. know. I know. So some, some cool stuff going on over here. Um, what about you, Sam? What's going on? Oh man, life has been kind of crazy. We just, yeah, you're right. We just keep missing each other on when we have free and available time. I have gotten in with a new agency theatrically, so I've been working on getting all that stuff updated and going out. She's actually been getting me on these things called auditions. I forget about those. What are those? Back in my life now. (laughs) What are those? What I don't understand the concept. Uh. (laughs) I know, right? So it's been wild between that and just working the day job. It has been very hard just finding time to do this, but we wanted to do a video for you guys, and one of our favorite things, of course, is to rank, and since we ended uh, before this break with finishing the 1990 Best Picture Dissections, we thought, let's get together, let's rank these movies uh, from 10 down to 1, but first, we're going to have some bonus rounds here. Since we love talking about the actors, I figured it'd be kind of fun to list our favorites of the performance winners as well in the 1990s. So without further ado, let's just, let's dive right in. Let's kick off. Let's start with uh, our favorite best supporting actor winner of the 1990s. No, you go first. I have, I'm not ready. Okay, okay. I will go first. This was actually the hardest one for me. There were three that really stuck out where I was like, I could honestly be any of these three. One being Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive, the other Kevin Spacey, Usual Suspects. But my winner is Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. To me, I don't know, it just doesn't get much better than that. He is the ultimate supporting actor, I think. And he has mm-hmm. that incredible monologue uh, with Matt Damon on the bench in the park. And I just, I don't know, the way that he delivers it. And also have it being from Robin Williams, this man who we all deem to be, you know, a genius comedian, which he is. But he's also an incredible 
uh, dramatic performer, and I think this movie showcases those skills better than any other film. So he took the top award for me. Who's yours? I am going to go with the wonderful Martin Landau for Ed Wood. Um, I love the movie Ed Wood. I think it's uh, maybe my favorite uh, film from uh, Tim Burton. Good Lord. (laughs) That took me a second. Um, uh, From Tim Burton. uh, Partially because it deals with old Hollywood, you know, which I love that kind of thing. But I think um, the character of Bela Lugosi is so... Uh, fascinating and watching him in his twilight years uh, he's such an iconic figure in cinema it's it's tough to nail a real life person but it's even tougher to nail a real life person that audiences are already familiar with and martin landau who himself is kind of a character in most of his films you know he you kind of he has a very distinguishable presence the fact that he's able to transform is just incredible i i think it's a great performance from him Definitely. And normally when it's like a an older actor like that, we think of it as like a legacy honor, but I don't think that's true for him. This is a genuinely good performance. No, no, no. He definitely earned his Oscar. Indeed. Okay, let's move up a notch to Best Supporting Actress. For me, this came down to two. One being the shortest <laughs> supporting actress winner pretty much of all time, and another being someone who kind of dominates the movie. Uh, the first being Judy Dench in Shakespeare in Love. I just adore her in that movie. <laughs> but my winner is Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Again, doesn't get much better than that. A great blend of comedy and drama. And there are a few people who can hit both of those notes in the same performance, Whoopi Goldberg being one of them. I think this is a great performance. Yeah, I think I have to go with, I agree with you, and go with our e-gotter, uh, Whoopi. Um because uh, I, I think my my um, my runner-up might be just for the the outfit alone, outfits alone, Kim Basinger <laughs> in LA Confidential. But I, on performance level, you know, Whoopi, uh, I'm glad that when she got her quote unquote makeup Oscar because she should have won for um, the color purple. Um, it was more like this just should have been her second Oscar because she's really, really good in the movie. That's so true. Imagine a world where Whoopi does have two Oscars. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Whoopi's career is so varied and interesting that I, <laughs> I'd i stand it. You know, from, from stand-up to the view and beyond, she is, she is our queen. Anyway... Anyway, let's get to leading actor. This one was probably the easiest one for me to call. (laughs) Without a doubt, hands down, my favorite leading actor performance is Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. A performance we're still talking about to this day as being one of the greatest of all time. Also, it's for a horror film. I love the horror genre. Um, he gets under your skin, but also you really just want him to like you, and I think that's so challenging. He does this performance with such wit and charisma that, oh man, there's not... And also with only being on the screen for like, you know, 20, 25 minutes. So, mm-hmm. leading, probably not technically, but without a doubt, you're thinking of him every second of the film. So he gets my he gets my win. I, I think I'm going to agree with you. Um, I I would say my close... My runner-up would probably be Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. 
mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really solid performance. Uh, but there's nothing more iconic than Dr. Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. And Anthony Hopkins is just a genius. Um, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with the fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> I love that you said Tom Hanks in Philadelphia was your second. It was my second too, and it was oh. a very close call. But I th- and I probably would have given it for that performance had it been an actual gay man doing it. That was the only thing that knocked him yes. down. We've talked about this in that episode it, for that yeah. that year. Yes, yeah. but in retrospect, I'm like I just can't give him the ultimate greatest win here, just because I would love to see a gay man playing it. Are we going to say the best actress winner in unison? Because it's got to be. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so our favorite leading actress performance is 321. Jodie Foster. McDormand. And... Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. She was obviously my runner up. Obviously, okay. Jodie Foster was my runner up. But I had to go with Franny. <laughs> God, I love this movie so much. She's so pure. She's funny as hell in this role but she's serious when you need it to be she is the the lifeline of that movie she is the heart and soul of it fargo would be nothing without Frances mcdormand and i just ah oh god and she just fits that that joel and ethan cohen aesthetic so well obviously being married to one of them but i don't know i just i can't picture anybody else doing that that role and that accent my god she kills it and the haircut and she's pregnant i don't know there's there's so much going on that i just love every bit and piece of this performance um jodie foster is one of my favorite (laughs) things uh but my but she has uh, for being a non-southerner for being a born and raised california girl as far as i know i mean she had to have been here from a young age she was in tv shows when she was like five um she transcends for me as uh clarice starling in the silence of the lambs i i love the fear that she communicates that's going on right beneath the surface that fear but strength the strength overcoming fear it's so many levels that she has to play all at once and it all comes together in those scenes where she's up against uh anthony hopkins uh, through the class talking to each other um and then of course later on whenever they briefly touch fingers um in the uh in the museum whatever the thing is that he's uh being held captive in um but uh also just the way uh she overcomes her fear in that last sequence um when she uh when we see it through the night vision goggles and there's all that fear in her eyes but she's not letting it overpower her it's such a hard thing to play, and she does such a genius job. All of it with the best southern accent of anyone who's not from the south ever. So, True I that. mean, what can we, what else can we say? She's Queen Jody. Make more movies. She's fantastic. Jody. She is fantastic. All right, those were good. I, I, we agreed on most of our ones in number two. So let's do our top ten rankings now of the best picture winners of the nineteen nineties coming in. In the last place, what is your number 10 best picture winner? Braveheart. <laughs> I knew we'd have the same number 10. That's my number 10, too. <laughs> this is a bad movie, Rand. This movie's not good. I hated it. 
I hated it so much, Sam. I hated it thoroughly. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. It's such a bad movie. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It's bad. I'm real. I'm it's sorry. Bad. I'm sorry, Jody, to um to hurt the feelings of your friend Mel. But um, I had to apologize to somebody, and I'm not going to apologize to Mel Gibson. So obviously, mm-hmm. um, I I just don't. It's just it's just not. I don't. It doesn't work for me on any level. It's no, so me bo- either. It's and it's pretty cinematography. It is gorgeously shot, but I don't know. I'm also kind of like, if that's the only thing going for you, the fact that this movie won, I think, five Oscars and gave Mel Gibson a directing Oscar, they're just, I don't know what it was. The people in 1995, <laughs> moviegoers were just either, I don't know, easily impressed or just taken away with this. I don't know. Something caught on to them that's catapulted this. I mean, it made a shit ton of money. I understand that, but... I don't know. There's nothing going for it. There's really nothing. Nope. Speaking of um, actors who direct themselves, my number nine is Dances with Wolves. <laughs> me too, me too. These were clearly the bottom of the barrel. Clearly the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, this movie is also not a very good movie. It is better than Braveheart. I'll give it that a little bit because I think its intentions are pure and it really mm-hmm. is trying to at least have some kind of societal commentary on what we're we have done to this country but it still comes across very clunky Uh and so long just the longest (laughs) i i gotta tell you the a lot of the ones i don't like here could possibly be fixed if we cut them by an hour i like that idea they're three hours long and they don't need to be Not every movie has to be long. This is the lesson of the 90s. Absolutely. No kidding. Let's get a film editor in here and let's just trim this down a little bit. Thelma, Schoomaker, where are you? Where are you? I don't know. Scorsese films are also pretty long. (laughs) Shoot, that's true. Not Taxi Driver. (laughs) No, true. True, true, true. You're right. Um, Okay, number eight. Well, speaking of long movies that could be cut, my number eight is The English Patient. Mine too! Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Again, there is a good movie here. For about an hour and 45 minutes of it, good movie. The flashbacks, great. I love that whole story of the forbidden love. Um, Everything taking place in the present day, get rid of it. Don't eat it. Awful. Do you know what happens if we get rid of the present day stuff? We get rid of Juliette Binoche, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, and and then we give uh, we give Lauren Bacall her Oscar. That's the yes. That's the. I'm also she, fine with that. She upset. She was an upset, and Lauren Bacall was supposed to win, and this would have been fixed. And there you go. I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, again, it's pretty. It's a very pretty movie. That's all we got. All right. Now we're <laughs> getting into that. the middle of the pack. Yeah. And number seven. What you got? Forrest Gump. Okay. I went with Unforgiven at number seven. Oh, I, I don't dislike Unforgiven. I don't... <laughs> I don't dislike Unforgiven either. Oh, but... Okay. <laughs> All right, why uh, is Forrest Gump at number seven, then? Because it's... Um, it, I, I think it's well-intentioned, but so much of it comes off so badly. As far as... Um, <laughs> Uh, the way that it is dated. Um, and 
it's definitely more entertaining than some of the longer movies but um but it, it's 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 commentary on race and women and aids um just doesn't gel with uh with modern sensibilities and you know i don't believe necessarily in judging something based on today's time period you know we i believe in looking in things in context but i i just find a lot of um uh white male privilege pervades the way that movie is constructed yeah no i get it i fully understand that um, I went with Unforgiven. Okay, so these are kind of the middle of the pack ones for me. Seven, six, and five are sort of my middle of the road ones. I went off of watch rewatchability, and I just don't know if I can watch Unforgiven again. I don't know. It's it's very brutal, which is purposeful. I'm not taking points away from that, but it's not something that I'm going to return to anytime mm-hmm. soon to watch it. Whereas my number six, Forrest Gump. I mean, I've seen this movie a billion times. There's a certain charm to Forrest Gump where everything you said is incredibly true and accurate. But it's Tom Hanks. I don't know. Tom Hanks's performance in it is what sort of rises it, uh, raises it up a notch for me. I, I think he's great. I adore it. <laughs> okay. Well, my number six <laughs> is uh, the James... Cameron epic Titanic. <laughs> um, Coming at number is, six, okay. Which is incredibly entertaining. It is tough to deny, but I cannot rank it any higher for that dialogue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just can't. So, whatever. I'm not sorry. So it's the best of the worst <laughs> for you. <laughs> the best of the worst for me i got it well titanic for me was the worst of the best it's number five for me Ah. (laughs) same reason same reason the script is god awful but i do think the effects and their chemistry is what kind of saves it if you will yeah Yeah. it does it does elevate it it keeps it it keeps it from splitting in half i think um, yes, 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 but not from sinking. <laughs> <laughs> they are like the Carpathia of the. <laughs> but you know what? I was thinking actually as I was doing this list, I was like trying to imagine Titanic with any other two actors, and I'm like James Cameron. If there is one talent he does have, it is in casting. He does oh, know sure. how to cast very good actors who can recite his very bad dialogue and Mm -hmm. still make us believe it so kudos to you on that but it's for me it's the effects and the music in this all of the the um technical side of titanic top notch and i don't think it's honestly been equaled many other times Yeah. yeah i but you're right his casting keeps us from letting go i think (laughs) shut up (laughs) (laughs) alright what's number four for you what's number four five I haven't done my five oh what's Um, number five what's your worst of the best I would not say worst of the best I think all five of the ones that I have coming up are good movies Um, and I would put Shakespeare in love that's your number five okay 
<laughs> you guys can't see it, but but Sam just died inside. Um, a little part of my heart will never come back, but it will go on. <laughs> no, I really really enjoyed it. I I just like the other four movies more. Um, I think it is. Uh, I think it's the best of its kind. If that makes any mm. sense, I think it's mm-hmm. um, one of the very few movies that can pull off this entire. Um, uh, uh, fictional, biographical, um, whimsical, uh, witty Shakespearean balance. It does it. It does a high wire act, and it does a good job of doing it. And um, I, I think it is. I think it's a worthy Best Picture winner, and I don't think it deserves to be derided in the way that it has. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> okay. Okay. Number four. My number four is Schindler's List. Which, again, again, all of these, okay, my four to one are incredible films. It just comes I mean, down like, to rewatchability for me. what are you doing me. to make Shakespeare number one? It just feels like you're really <laughs> over. <laughs> I told you. It comes down to what movies am I going to be revisiting? And I, Shakespeare, or excuse me, Schindler, Schindler's List, this one is... It is to brutal watch. to get yeah. through. It's brutal, yeah. which yeah. again, it needs to be. I'm glad it doesn't shy away from the torture and the horror, the horrifics of what actually happened during the Holocaust and before and after. I, you know, we need this movie. This movie is incredibly important, but good gracious, I, I can't watch this all the time. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no, you can't. No. But you know, but what it is I a good could, movie. But you know what, I could probably not watch over and over again. But it's my number four anyway. What's that? Unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Unforgiven's a brilliant movie, and I, um, I, I mean, it's not something I'm going to rewatch over and over again. But I think it's a really, really solid. Uh, I, for someone who doesn't like westerns, who someone who doesn't like violent movies, for someone who. Clint Eastwood, eh, you know. Um, I you have a love hate relationship here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he makes brilliant films. I just don't agree with him. Does. Yes, in uh, politics, uh, but I, I think it's, um, I think it's a slam dunk, personally. And Gene Hackman, I absolutely love. So, yeah, he there is great at playing a nasty, nasty guy. That's for sure. He's also good. At playing other things too, which is why he's so great at being a nasty guy. He's, he's he he's levels levels. Yes. Okay. Variety. Um, <laughs> number three. What's your number three? My number three is American Beauty. Mine too. Hey, there hey. we go. <laughs> great movie. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the Kevin Spacey of it all again, but it it is something that comes into my brain. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, there's really nothing to hate about American Beauty. There's really not. And you know, the crazy part is Kevin Spacey's performance is one of my favorite things about it. It's perfect. He he matches the proper tone that this film needs to really be successful. Matched with the hysteria of Annette Bening, those two on screen together, it's just magic to watch. It's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, I love everything it's... about this movie. It's a great movie. It's also a perfect close to the 20th century, I think, in so many ways. 
Um, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so that's both of our number threes. We're getting to the brass tacks here. We got number two. I think I know what your number two is. Okay. What's your number two? Schindler's List. Okay. Um, I, 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 it's, it's just tough to argue with the greatness. It's a great, great movie. Um, it's Spielberg at his, um, at his serious best. I think we got two different kinds of Spielberg. We have the serious movie Spielberg and we have the popcorn movie Spielberg, both of which we get best of the best in 93 because Jurassic Park came out that year too. But um, man does not sleep. <laughs> man doesn't sleep. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I think that this is probably his most personal film, and it's just so beautifully shot and constructed, and um, there's just so much uh, thought it feels that goes into the entire. Um, exercise almost like um, almost like the entire team thought uh, we have to get this right it's important that we get this right and you very much feel that watching the movie um, it's it's one of the greats of all time yeah it doesn't feel like a movie either no no so okay well, what do you think two. my number two is well it, there's only two options uh-huh. Um, I think you probably put Silence of the Lambs at number two. You're wrong. I put Shakespeare in Love uh, at number two. <laughs> okay. So you were thinking with This movie is so good. Shakespeare in Love is such a good movie, and I will fight anybody that thinks otherwise. It's, it's exactly what you said. This is a great costume, like period film. It's a great comedy. It's a great romance. And there's also some serious drama in there as well. It has all of it but what i think really makes this such an elevated film is the script the script Mm -hmm. is perfection Mm -hmm. it is shakespeare it is witty it is it's all of it it's everything that makes it just sing this movie sings it has like a beat to it there's a rhythm to it like shakespeare should it's so hard to to cop to mimic shakespeare you Mm -hmm. know and it shouldn't be understated that the fact that they were able to pull the script off and sound like Shakespeare without like getting bogged down and sounding like Shakespeare and pay tribute to him at the same time, that's a difficult task. And it's also difficult to create a costume film, like a, a historical movie like this, while also making it feel modern. And still feels modern to this day. And I think where that is really successful is in the love story between Viola and Will Shakespeare. That is a love story for the ages, and I think which is why people respond to it so much. When you actually give it a chance, and you don't just think of this as the movie that beat Saving Private Ryan. If you actually sit down and watch this movie, it will charm you very quickly. And Joseph Fiennes is stunning! (laughs) Gorgeous. Stunning! (laughs) Let's not forget how you hit that. Okay, so both of us say our number one at once. One, two, three. The Silence, silence of the, the Lambs. lambs. <laughs> Jeez, this movie is perfect. It's um, perfect. Tell me why you uh, like it so much. 
I and I can rewatch, and this one is brutal, but I can rewatch it. Um, it there. Okay, I'm just gonna say the greatest pump fake in the history of movies. I will say this until the day I die. Sorry, humongous spoiler if you haven't seen it. The greatest pump fake in the history of movies is when the FBI surrounds the house they think that Buffalo Bill is in. And then they knock on the door. And then he opens the door. And there's Jodie Foster. And she's at the right house. And they're at the wrong house. But she doesn't think she's at the right, right house. It is such a brilliant pump fake. And I every time I see it, I gasp. Because it's so well executed. I well, love it so yeah, much. That, the reason you just explained there is, I think, the perfect example of why film editing is one of the most important parts of movie making. Not just that scene, but the scene at the end when she has, when she's in complete darkness and he's wearing the the the, the goggles where he can see in the night dark. Vision. Yeah. The night vision goggles. The cutting back and forth. Or goggles it, where you can see in the dark, as you just said. <laughs> 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 like I would just talk around and say, you get it, you know what I mean. You're so, you're so straight. All right, anyway. But it's true. The editing in this movie, I think, is just genius. Even the cutting back and forth between them just having a conversation when he's in the cell, cutting between these extreme close-up shots creates such tension. And tension is hard to make in a movie. It's not just performance. It is editing. And this movie is a master class in that. And it also keeps the film tight. It's not very long. It doesn't feel long. There's not a single moment or frame that I would take out of this movie. And then we get into the performances. Genius. Every single one of them. This movie is operating on the highest level in all categories. It's just so... um, It's one of the very few films, uh, Best Picture winners, to be released uh, towards the beginning of the year. Um, I believe it was released on Valentine's Day in 1991. (laughs) Um, and so they thought it was just going to be a horror thriller that, you know, made some money. Uh, but it ended up being just this critically acclaimed masterpiece and came back when it came time for Oscar season, which never happens. But, um, I just, uh, I mean the, the music, the, um, the cinematography, uh of course the performances the direction the editing it's one of those few and the writing oh my god the script is so so good you know um the way that the character of clarice is drawn is just genius and i mean like there have never been more perfect character to actor casting than jodie foster and anthony hopkins um and they have uh, a, the tension that drives their scenes together that anchors the entire movie um, is just uh, insanely wonderful. And then, of course, you know, um, the the big finale scene with her in the house and that endless maze of a basement is just, uh, uh, it's just, it's just genius. It's May genius. I use your phone, please? you talked about the script though what i love about this script is it has to pull off a lot there's 
the main mystery going on. Who is Buffalo Bill? Who is kidnapping these women and taking their skin? Then there's also the other um, relationship going on between Clarice and Hannibal Lecter, their dynamic. There's also the mystery behind of what happened to Clarice in her childhood. There's so much going on that it would be maybe in lesser hands, this would be very easy to get off track on the film. Or maybe you don't tie up some of the loose ends or whatever. Maybe a part of the story goes astray. Not a single part of this does. You understand every bit of this story and it all comes around together to the all the puzzle piece is finally complete at the very end and it all makes sense and that is just a slam dunk home run for me yeah and what an ending i mean like the uh the uh a perfect ending you know you um he's gone you're never gonna see him again and then you get that one phone call um uh, I, oh my gosh, I walked by the other day at the TCM Film Festival. I walked by uh, Diane Baker, who plays the senator in the movie. Uh, she was at the she was at the festival. And that's another great scene, that scene between him and the senator in that kind of airport hangar thing. Um, I mean, it's just, uh, ugh, every element. It is such a perfect movie. It is, and I'm it so is, glad. I'm without a it's doubt, a- the best Best Picture winner of the 1990s all right so that those were our 10 that's how we rank them pretty good kind of similar yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for how similar. you had to shoehorn shakespeare and love so high it was perfectly uh no i'm kidding ah! Just kidding <laughs> shady shady <laughs> the movie's genius um, and i will hear nothing else all right so we we might be back next week i don't know what's gonna happen um we will try to get our um episode about the first film of the 2000s, Gladiator, up as soon as we can. We appreciate y'all's patience. <laughs> and hopefully this tides you guys over. Yes, we're also just trying to... We're getting too close to the to the end. We just want to draw it out for as long as possible. Exactly, exactly. And it's also kind of fun because now that we're getting to movies that I think not only you and I, Rance, know so much about already, our audience probably does too, you know? So... yeah. They've probably yeah. seen Gladiator and Beautiful Mind and Chicago. You know? All of them. There's some good in the 2000s. So we will be with you again as soon as we can, everybody. Until then, have a lovely May. It's gonna be May. Oh, that I did.